0: single lie that tells me I will never measure up? Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low
1: you see I-
2: that was great wasn't it yeah hey welcome to new life Uh, my name is chris i'm one of the pastors here and it is just an honor to get hang out with you guys we are in a series called lies and so raise your hand everybody with me everybody at our north platte campus if you're joining us online everybody join in on this raise your hand if you've ever told a lie this morning look at all of you (laughs) y'all liars come on turn your neighbor and say liar liar pants on fire How many of you parents have ever told your children a lie? Yeah. There's some some lies, and I won't tell you you whether or not it was my parents that told me these lies or it's lies I've told my children. But parents, sometimes we we make up these lies, especially when our kids are little. Like, Like when your kid is making a crazy face, you know, my parents told me that if if you make that crazy face and somebody hits you on the back what's going to happen your face is going to stick that way right yeah we tell them that why because we don't want to see the crazy face or we tell our kids the car won't start unless everybody has their seatbelt on right so they're thinking wow this car can't Mom, i gotta put the seatbelt on before it'll start or how about this slide when we tell our kids you know the animals on the side of the road they're just taking a nap Have you ever heard that one? (laughs) Or the music that's coming from the ice cream truck means that they're all out of ice cream. Come on, have you ever told them that lie? Or here's a lie, and I'll confess, I, I think I've told my kids this, that McDonald's cheeseburgers always come with a missing bite. Come on, parents, have you ever told your kids that? They always come with a missing bite. You'll get that later. So we've been talking about lies and and so some of these lies are funny, some of them are innocent if lies can be innocent, but we've really been talking about serious lies, lies that can derail us, lies that we convince ourselves of, lies that the enemy tries to get us to believe and they really can stall us out in our spiritual journey and they can totally mess our lives up. And so here's the lie, the big lie we're going to talk about today, and I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to explain it. And the lie is this, that it's okay. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's okay. Come on, it's okay. All right, ask your neighbor, how, uh, how does my hair look? It's okay. But there's this lie, and there's a few lies that start with or that are surrounded by this phrase, it's okay. And let me ask you this. Those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, how many know that we are in a race? That we are in a race, all right? We are in a race. This journey of life, it's a race. A race is a metaphor for the journey we're in. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 and find out where we get this metaphor from. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and it is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured, endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that, so that you may not grow weary or fainthearted the word in this text in the Greek for race is a word that has a military context it's used in the New Testament not just for race but for fight or for contention or for conflict and so let's run this race or let's engage this fight how many realize that we're not only in a race but we're in a fight right we're in a battle Ephesians chapter 6. I'm not going to put it on the screen and read it to you, but I encourage you to write it down and read this passage. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, tells us about this race that's a war, that's a battle, that's a fight. It says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but there's this spiritual battle that's going on. And so let's go back to our text and let's analyze this. It says, let us lay aside. Let us lay aside what? Everything that hinders. Let us lay aside every weight and... The sin which digs in. Do you know that sin digs in? It hangs on to us, it hinders us, it tears us down. And so let's lay aside the weight and the sin. And then it says, let us run with endurance this race or this fight or this battle. Let's endure it. Let's have perseverance in it. And that, by the way, is the main thought of that text endurance, perseverance. It's standing up under the pressure. Endurance and perseverance is when the going gets tough, you're you're, you're persevering, you're staying in the battle, you're staying engaged, it's it's not quitting. Endurance is the opposite, in fact, of quitting, right? And so we're to run this race, what race? It's the race set out before us by God, it's God's race. It's the race to be a Christ-centered follower of Jesus. And so let's lay aside the sin, let us run with endurance, and then it says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author of our faith. He's the one who instigated the faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. He's going to see our faith perfected and carry through. So Let us fix our eyes on the one who began it all, began this race, this spiritual journey. And, and why should we do that? Because Jesus not only is the author of our faith, but he gave us the illustrated sermon in his life, It says that he, for the joy set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and his reward is that he was seated at the right hand of the Father. So let's fix fix our eyes on the one who is the perfect example of endurance. So lay aside the sin, don't give up, endure by fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who endured the cross. And why should we do this, the Bible says, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because guess what? If we lose heart, if we grow weary and lose heart, what do we do? We quit, right? It's the opposite of endurance. And so the lie is this, that it's okay. Say, it's okay. Come on, at all of our at North Platte, come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay. It's the lie that we believe too often. It's the lie. And it's followed by this. It's okay to quit. And we'll tell ourselves that, or our parents, or another person, the enemy will come and lie to us and say, it's okay to quit. But here's what God is saying, and he wants to say it to, I believe, many of you today. God is saying, endure. Look to me. Endure. Have perseverance. Don't give up. Don't become weary. Why is he telling us not to become weary? Because it's easy to become weary, Right? Because we're in a battle. So don't go. God's word is don't give up. Some of you just need to hear that word today because you've been thinking about quitting and giving up and you just need to hear God say to you, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. And so don't just start the race, but endure, continue with perseverance. Don't just begin to follow Jesus, endure. You see, there are people who, they've started the race, but if you look around, you try to find them, they're no longer running anymore. They've dropped out, they, they b- became weary and tired and, and they're out of the race because they believe the lie that it's okay to quit. And so this is what this whole idea of endurance is all about, it's don't give up, keep running. And run in, in, in what way? With what attribute? With perseverance. And why perseverance? Because there are obstacles, right? There are obstacles. And obstacles lie to us. Obstacles tell us this is too hard and tempt us to quit. So we need to run with perseverance. Now, hear me, because I'm speaking about the life of a follower of Jesus and what it looks like. If you're yet to put your trust in Jesus, you're getting kind of a glimpse of what it means to, to trust Jesus, to follow him, because this is written to Christians, this particular text that I'm reading. But I want you to know this. There's nothing better than being a Christian. There's nothing better than serving Jesus and giving him your life. Can I get a witness today, amen? Nothing better. Psalm 16, it tells us in his presence there's fullness of joy at his right hand. There are pleasures forever for eternity. So there's nothing better than that. God's joy. Is something that you cannot find in anything that this world has to offer. You can't find it in drugs. You can't find it in money. You can't find it in sex. You can't find it in power. The pleasure this world has to offer doesn't compare to being a child of God. Amen? That's right. But let's get the full picture. Because being a follower of Jesus, being a follower of Christ, is all those things love and God's peace and His grace and purpose. But it's also a race. And it's also a fight, it's also a battle. There's a spiritual war that is going on that we need endurance for. God is telling us that following him, you're going to need endurance because there is an opposition. Come on, say, it's a fight. fight. Come on. How many, today it was just a fight to get to church. Come on, raise your hand. Those of you listening at home, don't raise your hand. You didn't make it here, right? (laughs) But sometimes it's a battle just to, you know, get out the door and come... Come to worship. Well, in a greater sense, this life of learning what it means to surrender more and more. It's a a fight, and so that's why we need endurance. And we need endurance because it's easy to quit, and we have this enemy who wants to lie to us. That's what this whole series is about. There's this enemy, and we have our own sinful nature, and we have other people that want to feed us these lies, and if we believe them, we're going to get derailed. And so, But the enemy will come and speak specifically. It's okay to quit. If he can't get you to run off track by some crazy belief, he will, he'll just try to get you to quit. And so as followers of Jesus, we, we need to know this. And so if you're kind of exploring what it means to follow Jesus, <laughs> I want to tell you the truth. We don't always run this race with the wind at our back, and that's why the Bible gives us this encouragement. So the, that's why the Bible gives us some character studies and stories, like a man named Moses in the in the Old Testament. And he was, he's known as a great hero, right? But he faced incredible opposition from Pharaoh. We see pictures of people like Daniel, a guy who was, man, he loved the Lord, but he was thrown into a den of lions for loving and for in fact praying to God. You see, three Hebrew children named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and for loving God, what happened to them? They were thrown into the fiery furnace. And how about Jesus, who endured sup- such opposition by evil men? He was crucified. And all these stories, I believe, are here to tell us so many, so many things, but one of the things they're here to tell us is don't give up. Run with endurance, it's hard. God's saying it's hard, it's difficult, it's a fight, it's a race, but don't give up. You don't feel like running sometimes, I know because I don't feel like running sometimes in this race. And being a follower of Jesus, by the way, and you may have heard this kind of metaphor before, but it's a marathon, right? It's a marathon, it's not, it's not a sprint, and it's just this race, and sometimes in this marathon, have you ever ran a marathon? I've obviously ran many marathons. I have a friend, I have a friend uh, uh, that's run many, many marathons, and, um, and I know from him, not from my own experience, but y- you reach a point where you just hit a wall, right? And your body is depleted, and your body just wants to give up, and that happens in this life as we pursue Jesus and trying to live for him, and this lie comes in as we're running this race. It's okay just to quit. And so the Christian life is great, but the... It's joy and peace and all these great things, that's true, but it's a juxtaposition of two experiences, joy and peace and praise and purpose and the difficult times that God uses to reveal and refine our resolve in pursuing him. So how many of you, you're following Jesus, but you've experienced hard times? Yeah, yeah. And so many refuse to be honest about that, but the Bible is honest. It says we need to run with endurance. Why? Because there's opposition. Because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we want to give up, and the lie that we want to believe is it's okay. So Jesus, there's a story about his life as he's walking this world, this earth, and it says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, and it was there that he was tempted by Satan himself. And I don't know if you've read that story, but there's a lie that Satan whispered to Jesus, spoke to Jesus, and in essence, he was telling him, it's okay to quit. And it's the lie that he wants to whisper into our ears. Quit. Just quit on your marriage. It's too hard. It's too difficult. They'll never change. It's too hard to to have integrity in business. Just, you know. Just quit. It's, stop coming to church. All those people are a bunch of jerks anyway, right? It's too hard. Stop serving in a place of ministry. Stop praying. And, and that's, a, that's a big one because we love Jesus. We're, I'm going to stop praying. Just quit. And that's been to said to everybody who has began the race called being a Christ follower. And God understands that. Do you know that? Jesus was tempted with that same thing. He understands that. That's why the Bible is given to us to encourage us not only not to to quit and to endure, but how to do that. So following Jesus, it's a race, and it's a fight. It's a battle that takes perseverance. So I'm thankful that the Bible gives us the keys to run with endurance the race so that we finish this race. And so if you take notes, write, write this down. This is so crucial. To run with endurance, you must lose the weight. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and tell them it's time to lose weight. Come on. (laughs) Like, hey, I came to church to be encouraged. I can get that on Facebook, right? But if we are going to run with endurance, we must lose the weight. Everything that hinders, it says. Put it aside. Cast it off. I remember one time running running through the airport. I was probably with Pastor Jeff, right? And uh, running through the airport with all of these heavy bags. And and the connection was late and all that. I was trying to make that connection, and I missed it. Because of all the heavy bags, I could have made it, probably if it weren't for all the weight. So the Bible says to cast it off, because we can run with more Speed and more endurance if we set aside the things that we're holding on to. Now, once again, Christianity is not a sprint. It's a marathon that you get up each and every day and you begin to run. Each and every day you get up and you begin to run that marathon. And the first thing you need to do, I think every single single day, I think the rhythm of a Sabbath, of, of coming together and worshiping God is that we get the marching orders for the week and it's time for us to come together and refocus and and hear from God, and, and, and re-enlist ourselves. And then, but also to examine, is there, are there any weights that I need to lay down? So the first thing you need to do is to throw off the extra weight that impedes your progress. As we have a core value, we state it this way, that growing people change. Everybody say, growing people change. That means if we are followers of Jesus and he's changed us, and we're growing. There's going to be change that happens in our lives. And so, so we're supposed to be growing. I think that's what we're trying to say. If we're following Jesus, we're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be moving forward. We're supposed to be. That's why we have growth track at New Life is to help people move forward, take steps that are going to help them move forward in their spiritual journey. If you're going to move forward, you need to ask yourself, what are the weights? What are the things that are holding me back from growing? What are the things that are stalling me out? Because in some, in many instances, it's not sin. It's not sin. That, I mean, sin is a part of it. Sin comes next in the progression in this verse. But it's not sin. You see, weights, the things that hinder those weights are normal things. They're normal things that get us, get on us and they weigh us down and hold us back from the efficiency of our progress. And we say it's okay. That's another lie. So it's okay to quit, but this thing, this thing that's okay, it's this thing that it's not sin, it's okay. But it gets in the way of our, for a follower of Jesus, it gets in your way from your ability to pray. It gets in your way from your ability to to read and reflect on God's word. It's a weight, whatever it is that gets in the way from you engaging in progress, and it has effect on us, though in and of itself, it's not sin. And most people don't even think about these things as weights holding them back, because when you think about the thing, it's not sinful. So get this, if you take notes, write this down, weight is anything that holds you back from serving and growing in God. Here's one thing, politics, oh, he's gonna go there. (laughs) Political opinion, so is it wrong to have a political opinion? No, but you can can put your political opinion and elevate it so much that it has a hold of you. You can become more of a conservative or a liberal than you are a Jesus follower. You see what I'm saying? It can become a weight that hinders. The weight that hinders is anything that redirects your affections so that your passion for God does not grow. Weight is often neutral things. Say, it's okay. He's not talking too long about politics, all right? Come on. It's okay. But, but weight is often things that are neutral. It can't even be good things, right? Right? Weight can be your hobby. Fill in the blank of whatever your hobby is, it can be a very good thing. Your hobby can be, you know, just serving in a homeless shelter, right? Doing very good things. Your hobby, whatever the thing is, hobbies are great. Hobbies can relieve stress. Hobbies can be diversions. Very, very good things. Hobbies can bring you enjoyment, and God wants you to enjoy life. But it can also become a weight, A weight that hinders you from running the race. It can take you away from joining in worship on a weekly basis, which is a follower of Jesus you need. Let me just tell you this. Let me just say this, not in my notes, because coming together, and I'm speaking to those who have, you've given your life to Jesus, you're a follower of Christ. God has commanded, he's put into our DNA the need for Sabbath. The need to rest and to worship. It's weekly. It's not monthly. It's not once a month. If you're a follower of Jesus, let me just encourage you, not for some legalistic you know, law or weight or you know, oppressive thing, but for your own spiritual journey. Make worship and coming together to church, a part of your weekly life. And other things that can take you away, interest, hobby, you know, busyness, all those things are weights that can take, uh, take you away from enjoying the rest that God wants to give you in a rhythm sense every single week. So things that can be very good things. Rob your time in God's word. It can rob your time from your family, Right? And so, for many, throwing off the weight can be harder than throwing off sin. Now, track with me on this one, because the weight is disguised sin. Where I mean, we'll argue about some things, but we can't, when you look at God's word, it's pretty clear, right? And so, sometimes the weights, the things that are neutral or good, can be harder to throw off because we don't see how it impedes our progress. But look what the Bible tells us about weight. Remember, we're not talking about sin yet. It says this in 1 Corinthians 6.12. This is the Apostle Paul. All things are lawful for me. In other words, according to God's law, spiritual law, I'm not speaking of a man's law, but all things are lawful for me. So everything is okay. But not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but, and this is what I love, I believe this should be a life verse for all of us, but I will not be dominated by anything. He's saying I'm not going to let anything, any weight, have its claws in me where it controls my life. He's saying that in Christ, we are not bound by the law, but we live by grace. However, the very thing that I want to do that may be lawful, it may be okay, also may not be helpful. In other words, it may become a weight to drag me down. The last phrase, again, this should be a life verse, I will not be dominated By anything, so weights. You need to know this about weights. They can dominate your life, though they may not be sin. They can dominate your life. So let me ask you a question: Is it wrong to enjoy work? Is it wrong to enjoy your hobby? Is it wrong to see a movie or a baseball game? Is it wrong to be to go hunting? It better not be. I'm going to hell. Of course not. In fact, God wants you to enjoy this life that he gave you. However, those things, anything can become a weight. The question is, and here's how we filter it. The question is, am I being dominated in any area of my life by that thing? Is there anything in my life that I'm being dominated? I'm being controlled? If so, that thing becomes a weight. If it's a substance, if it's a relationship, if it's whatever it may be, am I being controlled? If so, it's a weight. And God says, if you're going to run with endurance, you need to throw off the weight. The next thing, the next thing you know, if you don't do that, that thing begins to take priority over the race that you're here to run. You're here to run a race, you're here to fight a battle. So here's why. We can misunderstand what, was, what has become a weight that hinders. We say, we say to somebody, well, prove it from the Bible. Prove it from the Bible that it's wrong. And I'm not going to give you a bunch of rules. I can only read you what the Bible says, and it says, get rid of the weight. And let the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, speak to you about that, what that weight is as you're honest, as you're open, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And Jesus said in Luke, he said, don't be weighed down by the cares of life. Don't let the cares of this life become a weight. Possessions, a car, a house, a motorcycle, a job. and Don't let those things weigh you down. Instead of being that, the blessing that God wants to give you life, He give you, in order to be used for His glory, it becomes life itself, the cares of this world. You see, weight will rob you not only from running with endurance, but also from experiencing the greatest joy that is available to you. It can take the affections of your heart away from God and turn it to things that, guess what? They fade away. Anybody that has lost someone very, close, very close to you. You face this reality as you've stood at that casket, haven't you? That there are things in this life that fade away what matters most. And the lie is, it's okay. It's okay to quit. These weights, it's okay. It's a weight. Will it really hinder? You have a strong back. You can handle it. You can still run after Jesus and serve him and carry that weight. You know, it's amazing how good things can get the best of us and weigh us down. You know, retirement can become a weight because for some, it can become easier to self-indulge the weight. The weights. It, at, it, here's what I'm trying to say. There's nothing wrong with being t- retired. At any life stage, There are seasons where weights are available to you to stall you out. Be aware, be alert. Ask God, God, what are the weights that are holding me back? Now get this, God didn't come. Some of you need to know this. God didn't come to take away your fun. God didn't come to steal your joy. He came to give you life and life to the fullest. But watch this. He knows that only he, only he, can bring the fullness of joy that you desperately need only he can do that and so the enemy says it's okay he'll try to give you get you to believe that it's okay to quit he will keep coming back to that one over and over and he he will tell us about the weights that you know it's okay this thing it's okay it's not hurting anybody it's not a big deal and then what happens? We hold those weights because we believe that lie. And what does he do? He comes back to it's okay to quit. It's okay to give up because you're tired, aren't you? You're weary. But if, but if God has told us to run with endurance, here's the beautiful thing. If God has said run with endurance, he's not just saying to us, come on, slackers, get up and just press through. He's saying, and if he's telling us that, it means that he has, has the energy, he has the power, he has all the resource to enable us to run with endurance. He's not just telling you to endure, he's saying, I want to show you how to endure. But first, we must replace the lie that it's okay with God's truth. And so as we respond to God today, everybody that's on our North Platte campus here, Carney, listening To us online, I want to encourage you to respond to God and I want you to pray this type of prayer. Whether you've given your life to God yet as a follower of Jesus or or not, I want to encourage you to take a step and pray a prayer. Say, God, what is holding me back from you? God, what are the weights that are holding me back? If you feel like quitting, let me just encourage you that the last part of our text is the antidote. It's the cure. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Get your gaze. Get the attention. Get the momentum of your life in alignment with him. That's what it means to fix your eyes on Jesus. Who for the joy, the joy of the cross... It was joy, he found crucifixion a joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame of the cross. The joy was to bring us into relationship with God. The joy that was set before him was doing the will of God. So let's fix our eyes on someone who, who, who understood the temptation of the weights of this life, the understood the temptations of sin, but found great resolve and endurance in doing the will of God. Let's look to him. How do you do that? God's word. You need to get in God's word. and There's so many more things. I mean, come here every single week. Get God's word into your life. Every single day, open up God's word. Talk about God's word. In doing that, you're fixing your eyes on Jesus is at the end of life when you stand before God none of the weights will hold any significant to you none of the things that you decided to, that you chose to carry will matter the Bible says throw it off throw it off so that you can endure if you've been feeling weary in your spiritual journey start by asking God God, what are the weights that are holding me back? And then fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's stand and let's pray. God, thank you for your word that we can take and replace the lie with the truth. Thank you that we are not in this race alone. And when we feel weary, when we feel heavy, you're calling out to us to take our burden and lay it on you to lay down the load that we're not called to carry. So thank you for your truth. Thank you for the truth. It helps us to wrestle with things that are not matters. That is not black and white, but it's thing, something of the spirit, something in our intuition that we say, this is a weight. It's good. It's, it's lawful, but it's not helpful for me. Thank you for your spirit and your word that helps us. To figure out the things that have been weighing us down. So I pray for my friends that are here today that they're weary and they're heavy and they're tired. God, I pray that you would shine your light on the things that they're holding. Maybe it's resentment. Maybe it's worry, anxiety, a grudge. Maybe it's not a behavior so much as it is an internal behavior of anxiety or worry or fear. Whatever it may be, the way it got me, they lay it down today. Not quit. fix our eyes on you. So as we worship God, we turn our gaze on you, turn our attention to you, and give us the endurance that comes from the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.